from tonight at the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica here at NOTLG.com. Episode 227, Ravagers. Uh, I am Taylor. I am not John. John is, as the kids say, on assignment this week. Uh, but we have a special guest with us. He is part of the uh, team that brings you the Game of Rasslon podcast. Um, if you haven't been listening to that, what is wrong with you? Go and subscribe and listen to them. Um, he is the also the first person to ever bring a Hellier-themed ribbon to Gallifrey One, and he does a mean Peter Cushing impression. It is Michael Nixon. Welcome to the show, Mike. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, I, I, all of that is correct. I mean, the Cushing thing is debatable, but other than that, yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to have you aboard. I mean, uh, you know... I was saying to you before we started recording, you know, John and I, we wanted to bring more people on and this gave us the perfect opportunity to do it. And you were, you were willing to uh, invest three hours of your time in listening to some big finish. So, so I appreciate that. Oh, uh, absolutely. Uh, um, I came with the recommendation of, uh, of Riley Silverman. She said, uh, Taylor was yes. asking for you. And so she, uh, she recommended y'all. Yeah. So you've she, got, uh, uh, yeah. you've got the doctor's good word on your side. I know. It means a lot to me. Yes. No. Thank you so much, Riley, for, for recommending Mike. Um, I appreciate it greatly. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of Game of Rassilon. I'm supporting you guys on Patreon very proudly. And um, I just I love what you guys are doing with just with the idea of Doctor Who and, and where you're going with stuff. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I think this year's been a little more uh, season three uh, has been a little mm-hmm. more. um uh, a little less planned out than the others, but it's it's brought us okay. to some really interesting places. So um, it's yeah. it's been fun so far, and we've got a heck of a finale planned. So it's still going to be a pretty oh, great boy. year. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, I look. I've I've made no bones about it. If you guys are ever like, hey, we're stuck for a story idea, I definitely have one. <laughs> oh, hey, we'll bother you. That might happen. Please do. Yeah. Please do. I I will I will gladly share this idea and be like, just run with it. Just, Make your magic happen because it it really is. It brings me such joy when new episodes drop. Well, thank you very much. I'll have to. I'll bother you off air about that. So uh, yeah, so the fans can't steal your idea. Your idea, no. (laughs) Copyright. Um, Anyway, uh, normally each time we record, we we just share a little something that's making us happy. So, uh, Mike, what is making you happy right now? Uh, I had asked you before if it's cool if this is like just a TV show. Uh, and um, Absolutely. Uh, uh, I have to say, I recently got uh, Apple TV. I got like a, a deal a thing. I get for, like for free for like a year through my phone company or something. It's this crazy mm-hmm. deal, right? Um, so it's like, oh, finally, I can watch uh, For All Mankind. And I have to say, For All Mankind is very good. <laughs> it, uh, it, okay. it um, held up. I'd watched the pilot forever ago, and um, I was like, oh, this is all right. The second episode is just like, it takes off, man. And then um, I, I blasted through the first season in like two days. I'm on to season two already. It's really fun. It's, uh, it's uh, co-created. What's it about? Uh, it's co-created by Ron Moore, who's the Battlestar Galactica uh, uh, the new version uh, co-creator. Gotcha. Um, yep. And the idea is basically like following what would have happened to the space race if the Soviets landed on the moon first, which is Ooh. America goes nuts and like triples down on the space race. <laughs> so it, oh, it, man. it's really cool. And season one is like it sticks pretty closely to like 
the seventies, the first couple of years of the seventies, um, and there's drastic changes in terms of kind of just the space race. And as a result, some of the election stuff, as it turns out, like it becomes more and more of an <laughs> alternate history. And then like season two starts with like newspapers flying by and you basically elapse a decade. Um, oh, wow. And it's full on alternate history. Um, and there's just like, like minor spoiler, but one of my favorite gags they do, like right at the opening of season two, is just like the U.S. like doesn't care about the Middle East. We're putting all of our money into the space race, and it's like, oh wow, okay, we're just not gonna deal with any of this in this show. Cool. Um, wow. And like as a result, like Russia doesn't fool around over there either. So I'm curious, like next season where they're supposedly, I think they're doing like another time jump, right? Like, what does that lead to? Um, Mm-hmm. And even like in by the end of season one, because of the, the changes of technology, like and and the the sort of boosterism for the space race, there are already people with like electric cars in the late seventies, which is wild. Like it's it's all this oh, like neat. alternate. It's like all this by the end of the season two, like when there's like a Russian guy running around on the moon too. It's like oh cool, this is just like concept art come to life. I love it. That's that sounds really awesome. Excuse me, I need a drink. Um, no, that's quite all right. Yeah, it's great. It's like even the um. I'll tell you just so you don't miss it that there's a there's a post credits scene in the season one finale and mm-hmm. um it, it's it's literally like just like took an old NASA drawing and brought it to life. It's wild. It was, it's oh, such wow. a cool thing. Wow, that sounds really neat. I do not have Apple TV, but I think that is something I'm going to try and find a way to seek out one way or another. Yeah, get yourself a a friend. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Man, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, for myself, you know, I mean, half the family is now finally on summer break. We've gotten through, you know, uh, an entire school year of, of learning from home. So it's kind of nice wow, to have man. that, that weight off. I know it's, it was quite a year. Uh, uh-huh. that's for sure. Um, so I'm, I'm happy for them to have some downtime where they can you know, just, I don't know, detox from the year as it were. Um, but what's really making me happy is last weekend. Um, well, let me back up a little bit. Um, earlier this year, my dad passed from cancer. Um, and after that, my mom had said to me, she's like, you know what? I think I want to own a VW bug again, you know, an old one from the sixties. Uh, she grew up with, um, I came home from the hospital on one and I was like, really? Okay, mom, I'll, you know, kind of just keep my eye on like Craigslist or whatever. And, you know, I'll send you links if I find good ones. Um, and so about a week ago, I sent her a couple of links. There was one in her same town. Um, and she was like, oh my God, I love this one. I want to see it. I was like, oh, oh, okay. Um, so I started, you know, uh, talking with the, the owner and managed to, uh, arrange a time to see it. And I am thrilled to say that my mom now owns another old VW bug. Hey, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was very cute. I mean, I uh, I shared pictures out uh, on my Instagram and stuff uh, after we got it home, and she's the kind of there standing next to it excitedly. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's really kind of neat. And uh, now it's a matter of okay, when can we work out some time to get over there and you know tinker with it a little bit? Every every old car needs a little bit of work. Um, but yeah, that just made me feel really good, and she's feeling really good about it too. So I think it's gonna really go when you install the turbos man i look i will tell you this right now i was the one who drove it back from um the previous owner's house um and it has got 
a what's referred to as a freeway flyer transmission. It's got slightly taller gears uh, in it. And so just the short stretch of highway that we got it on, I didn't like really want to romp on it or push it too hard because it's brand new to us. Hmm. Um, but there was one point where I'm like, okay, it feels kind of like it's like feeling a little sluggish at 60. I'm like, let's put the foot into it a little bit more. Next thing I know, I'm doing 70. Nice. And this thing is just purr and happily along. I mean, I really wasn't paying attention at the time, but yeah, just kind of getting onto the freeway, that, that moment where you go from third gear to fourth gear, I was between 50 and 55 and that's, that's not stock. That's, you know, that is like, okay, this, this car can get up and move out of its way if it needs to. I'm like, this is great. Nice. That rolls. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we may not even need the turbo, but uh, I do know people who have turboed their bugs. It's, they are fast. Yeah. It was just, uh, yeah. Somebody just shared uh, one of those in my feed. It's just like this insane oh, really? giant engine inside of a car. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, the, the power of synchronicities is attacking us. Yes. Oh, yeah, oh man. boy. Yeah. And we, we do get synchronicities around podcast. God, I don't know how it happens. Oh, you talking to the game Rassilon guy. Good heavens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet. It's like every time we put a monster in an episode, Chris Chibnall's like, great idea, boys. Well, great idea, Michael and Ben. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, John has this kind of ability to, uh, I don't know, kind of predict where certain things are going to go. Or he just comes up with this crazy idea like early on in a season. He's like, I think this is going to happen. You know, get a hold of me, BBC. And the next thing you know, it's like it's kind of pretty close to what happened. <laughs> it's happened a few times. And I'm like, John, how do you do this? He's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> Well, anyway, we have got um, actually a fair bit of Who News this time around, and that's what happens when you go, uh, you know, cl- closer to three weeks between episodes. Um, now, I won't give any spoilers to what we have to say about the Ninth Doctor's return to uh, the Who universe, um, but the folks over at Gizmodo, they had some good things to say about it. They were uh, uh, they were pretty impressed with it. Um, we'll have links to the show notes for everything in there. Uh, now, of course, it just covers this most recent release. The next release isn't until August. Um, but I guess we will leave those spoilers uh, for next. Unless you had something you wanted to say about the article there, Michael. Uh, no, no. Okay. Now, this next one I think you might like. The folks over at WhatCulture.com, they feel that these uh, 10 Doctor Who villains deserve a return to the series. And I'll just make sure that the site is muted in case it decides to play sound. Um, so let's go down uh, and, and I'll, I'll maybe get your opinion on it. The Sycorax. What do you think? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, click next. It's not just keep screen. Ah, uh, the, the great vampires from, uh, State of Decay. Ooh, that would be interesting. I mean, didn't they just do kind of, it wasn't Time Lord Victorious, like a little vampire I didn't really pay attention to it, but I know it was in the dark times. I, you know, it, they might have. Um, I've been terrible about following the Time Lord Victorious stuff because there's just so many different um, sources for content coming out. So mm. there, there might have been. I can't, I can't really speak to that. Uh, let's see, what else do they have? They've got oh, the Zarbi. Ooh, that would be, that would be interesting. I mean, that serial. I feel like people take too seriously because it is very clearly meant to be like a big camp romp. Um, El Sandifer talks about it. Like they they literally like put Vaseline on the lens. Like they know what they're doing, you know? Um, (laughs) But it would be really interesting to see, like, I think the Whitaker era and, and the, the companions with her would be really fun to take a trip to the web planet. Um, 
Yeah. I think that could work really well. Yeah, that would be kind of neat. Now, the the question is, would we have CG Zarbi or would we still have people in, like, practical outfits? That's the big question. I think it'd have to be some kind of mix, you know, like uh, like a practical suit with, with wings that are uh, uh, CG, presumably, are, right? Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. All right. Uh, 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 the Flood slash the Vast... The Vash, oh, I can't say it. The Vashta Narada. There it is. Hmm. Um, so, so they're grouping the, these two because obviously they're they're from different um, uh, different stories, but they're grouping them together because of the kind of massive popularity of them both. Um, I don't know. I could. I mean, it'd be kind of interesting to see the Vashta Narada back. Yeah, I'd love to see um, the flood on Mars with the Ice Warriors. Like, what was oh, the? There you go. Yeah, like how did the native ecology of that all work? Um, mm-hmm. it would be cool to, you could do a, a story. It feels like something we might pull in the game where it's like, you think that it's ice warriors, but really it's the flood controlling the ice warriors. Um, mm-hmm. it could be tricky, but it would be really fun. That would be definitely. Um, oh, the headless monks from, Great. um, yes. Yeah. I love from, these guys uh, from season six. Yeah. They're neat. Um, the whole, um, I think the whole like church army, and the monks and that whole kind of demons run era. Somebody's mm-hmm. going to have a lot of fun with that, you know, two or three eras from now. Um, yeah. Cause there's, there's so much, um, this, it feels like Moffat was always, uh, Stephen Moffat was always very good at like just jamming things full of texture. Like he has that kind of Frank Herbert quality of like, I'm going to, here's a sentence that seems to, it makes perfect sense to you, the reader, but there are like four things in here that I will never explain. Um, Mm-hmm. But they're all very clear, cool concepts that you could read an entire book about. And I'll leave that to my son and some other guy later, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely get that. What about the Sea Devils? Oh, we we did them in season one. I love the Sea Devils. I, I remember that, yes. Um, I think the Sea Devils are... I, I personally, like... I pushed on this so hard that I've gotten to the point where I've come around and, like, kind of given up on it. Of, like, I really wanted to do, like, a multi-species Earth. Um in the present day very badly like i really wanted to start talking about like what does a planet earth look like where like humans and zygons and silurians and sea devils and all the various native species or in the case of the zygons you know you know uh uh, refugee species like Mm -hmm. they've actually integrated and they're really living together like you take the you take the like allegorical part and just make it text right like Mm -hmm. it it makes I think you could do a lot with like a 2020s of Doctor Who that has all these. You just like a Zygon in a suit walking down the street. Like why? Why not? Uh, and the answer for the right. BBC is like oh budget, and I think also like fear of um, continuity stuff. But like I, I kind of laugh at like the the continuity fears. Like it doesn't. It's a 50 year old show. Most people I talk to today are like the first Doctor, and they're talking about Christopher Eccleston. So right. like it, I, I just don't. I don't know if that excuse is honest. Um, yeah. but, uh, uh, for me, I just think they're, the sea devils are part of like a larger thing of like, I would, I would love for Dr. Who to talk a lot more about how weird earth is not just earth within the universe. Um, right. Yeah. Kind of, uh, a little John Keel, our haunted planet, so to speak. Yeah. We, we do live in, a, in like the, the last podcast network just did like their goblin universe episode, which is like yes, this crazy right. all encompassing idea of like all the stuff. And it's like, no, it's Dr. Who, like it's right there. Like you mm-hmm. could integrate all the stuff in and then Bigfoot could show up and all the various islands of the planet could still be like, what the hell is that? Like, 
There's there's <laughs> there's so much room for just like it, it, I don't know. I, I feel like the missed opportunity of well, first of all, like Unit's not even around anymore. But if Unit should have like a Silurian on the team, Unit should have like more than just Osgood as a Zygon on the team. They should have non disguised Zygons on the team. Like I, there's so much. <laughs> um, we played around like a little bit with a like a side character in um inside job our second season second serial which is the murder mystery we had like a deep background character who was like half zygon half human and i really wanted to do more stuff like that he's like a non-shape changing zygon who has like blue human eyes so he's just like all blue eyes you know like there's yeah there's so many cool things you could do with the stuff that's already on the table that that um that's kind of the reason we keep doing the game honestly (laughs) And 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 to to your guys's credit, you know, too, because it, like, well, the next one they come up with is one that you guys have definitely featured. It's the wire. Yeah, yes, we have really played the wire out pretty hard. I have to say, um, yeah, I love this character. Uh, and and Ben and I hit on the idea of like, what if the wire we've encountered is is just one of a species? You know, like the the wire we've met was an exile from her planet. And mm-hmm. that's sort of, uh, she's a sort of digital intelligence, like a cognitive wave. And, um, over the course of, uh, season one, season m- more season two, um, one of our companion characters becomes quote unquote digitized as a part of this whole thing through, through his exposure to right. the wire. Um, right. for folks that, for folks that don't, might not listen to our, our fine podcast. Um, but there's, it was cool with Travis was the, the, the companion who is infected by the wire or attacked by the wire, um, is he's, he's a nineties set character and mm-hmm. as exciting as the wire was as like an analog for fifties TV panic. Um, I think the concept easily translates to internet panic. Um, even like pre Y2K fears of like parents being afraid of their kids, like, you know, losing their mind on the internet, right? It's the same kind of uh, idiot's lantern ghost box kind of thing, right? Um, Mm -hmm. That sucks you in. Um, So yeah, it just, it was all set. And I think, you know, if the, um, if there wasn't already the the great intelligence and the, and the spoon heads and all the server guys, you could easily turn the wire into like a Wi-Fi bad guy, but Dr. Who also already has that. So you don't necessarily need it. Um, I think it's the wire as something that could move between uh, Wi-Fi or through Wi-Fi as a conduit is more interesting than necessarily like the server monster because we have that already, which is also cool. <laughs> like I like the Spoonheads; we use their stats all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, the next one that they've got is—I I mean, I don't know how I feel about this one—the Alliance. Oh, good, get out of here! Terrible, bad, <laughs> cheating, right? Cheating. Let's pick. Next. Let's pick. You know, a dozen characters all at once. Next, moving on. First, they had to like they jam the flood and the and the Vashnarada into one, which doesn't. They're not the same. Like I get it, kind of zombie moving ish people affected by something, but it's not the same at all. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the the alliance is just a cheat. We agree. We agree. Uh, number two, Omega. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm a little time ordered out. Would you believe it? Um, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, yeah, always yes. I, I would love to do. Um, but yeah, there's tons you could do with Omega. Absolutely, I, and we are we are big fans of Omega here at Podcastica. Uh, number one on their list, the Dream Lord. Really? I know. I did not expect that as their number one. Re- wow. Yeah. I not good. <laughs> I don't agree. Um, as someone who has seasonal allergies, I don't care about the pollen guy. 
Right. Sorry. No, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. I, I, like I, I said, I was expecting some deep, deep cut, yeah. you know, and it's like Dream Lord. I'm like, really? Yeah, decaf Valyard? Get out of here. Right? That's not for me, you know. That's all right. That's all right. Well, look, our next three stories all revolve around Big Finish. Um, first and foremost, they are actually spinning off King Peladon into his own adventures. They cannot be stopped. No one can no. stop them. Um, <laughs> no, I, I know people love the Peladon adventures, so it makes sense. I do not enjoy the Pertwee era personally, uh, so I okay. will not be partaking of this fine set. But um, <laughs> the thing that I like about Big Finish, uh, per- particularly now, is that they've been able to branch out their spinoff so broadly that this is possible. Like, I love yeah. Levchenka, but I'm not going to pick up the robots. I don't like. I, I don't really care about like caldor like it's not my vibe um yeah same with with ordeal of peladon but at the same time like i have all of gallifrey i love that spinoff <laughs> i just love romana <laughs> would you believe it um i'm uh, shocked uh, uh, yeah so <laughs> i know right uh, incredible um, i will say i love we, the titles on the on this peladon box set genius oh yeah what are they i haven't looked at those the books. ordeal of peladon the poison oh. of peladon the death of peladon and the truth of peladon like they get it like somebody understood the assignment very happy i like that Um, i like that okay (laughs) that's a hoot you know what i tell you what if they drop if they drop like one of their little free you know preview oh yeah uh episodes i'll listen to it I'll, i'll i mean i'll I'll give it a shot. Same. And I love, um, like, David Troughton I... is great. Like, all the mm-hmm. whole Troughton family, they got, you know, they got uh, Patrick's talent. So I'm always yeah. eager. Yeah. Um, so something that John and I talked about uh, last episode in our Who News was that uh, Big Finish had announced, okay, you know, here's for next year, we're doing First Doctor Adventures, Second Doctor Adventures, all the way up through Eighth Doctor Adventures, and they didn't have titles for most of them. Um, but for the Second Doctor, um, it was called Beyond War Games. And so everybody and their grandma went, wait a second, are they doing Season 6B? Hmm. And that is uh, also what the folks over at Nerdist said. And hilariously, they over at big finish retweeted them and said or will we oh boy yeah um, yeah so i i don't i still don't really know what to make of it but i my curiosity has peaked let's put it that way agreed yeah um and i fraser Hines's uh patrick trout impression can't be beat so <laughs> long may he reign indeed Indeed. And and quite honestly, I mean, we did, we covered the war games uh, on this podcast over three episodes, 200, 201, and 202, and we loved it. Yeah. We really, really enjoyed it. And and the more that I personally see of Troughton's stories, um, the more I'm convinced that they were doing some really uh, excellent storytelling. Like They were really pushing the envelope with what they could do with Doctor Who in that era. And I, I love it. So if we get something like that in terms of this big finish release next year, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I hope it's not just, um, you know, four hours of Nick Briggs doing a Cyberman voice into a colander. Like, you know, like <laughs> as long as it's like good and there's new stuff in it, I'll be interested. If it's just like, right. you know, oh, my giddy aunt, Jamie, it's the, it's, it's the womb of the Cyberman. I'm like, get out of here. I, it's, it's leave. <laughs> Go away. Like. 
Um, there's always that fear for me, uh, as we yeah. will discuss later in the episode. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I gotta say, between your Peter Cushing, your Patrick Troughton, John's uh, Pertwee, and also John's impersonation of Perry, um, yeah, we could just start our own. We have a thrilling. Yeah, Ben does thing. a killer. John Hurt too. They have a, a very good War Doctor. Um, nice. We, we kind of wrote perfection around it. Like, oh, we can do this. <laughs> okay. Um, um, in in fact, I mean, I'll, I'll spoil it right now. I feel like there is a. Oh no, what? I'll save it. I'll save it. Never mind. <laughs> um, I sorry. I'm 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 eager to talk about things, but I want to get through who news as well. Um, now, I I know you said you loved the Gallifrey uh, titles. I do. Uh, for some reason, I keep gravitating toward all the villains. Like, I enjoyed Masterful, I've enjoyed the Missy box sets, um, I actually was very pleasantly surprised by Eric Roberts coming back. Oh, I, I just started that one, and it is very fun. Sorry to interrupt. It is. No, 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 quite alright, quite alright. Um, but good news, Missy fans, she is going to be back for a third season, or series, and she is teaming up with uh, Rufus Hound doing the meddling monk. Great. I, I um yep. I love Rufus Hound's take. Um I will say the various um monks they've had have just been like terrific in the show. The uh the one they had in the Eighth Doctor era too. I can't remember his name for the life of me. Um Oh, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Oh, I feel so terrible. Um but uh, uh yeah, I think they've been um great and, and like Rufus Hound is like great actor. He could do it on the show, you know, mm-hmm. which should be mm-hmm. so it's it's I love the idea of um the the monk as Missy's companion um yes because big finish's take on the monk is very i i like it the idea that he he quote unquote starts fresh each life as much as he tries to um Mm -hmm. is such an interesting you know i i like that they have like these these unique uh motivations at least in the in the big finish world um this kind of target novelization simplified motivations i i i do dig that um Mm -hmm. and putting these two versions of these that the characters against each other it's going to be very fun. Um, totally. Yeah. Totally. So that's that's coming out in September. I think that's definitely going to be a uh, one that I pick up for sure. Yeah, I have to check out the Missies. Yeah, they're good. They're good. Michelle Gomez just, I mean, she just really gets back into the part. Oh, yeah. I she love her master. So well. Oh, my goodness. Uh, abso- oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and just, you can tell there's just this delight. This, this kind of like, I don't know what to call it, manic Mary Poppins-esque kind of character where she can be totally sweet one moment and then just turn it into her devilish ways the next and i'm like i am 100 percent on board with that kind of fun yeah um so the web of fear uh trout and story uh they have finally just earlier this week announced the uh release date for it they've released uh cover art special features information now of course um even though it does say that there's an amazon link for the u.s there isn't a date attached to that when i looked last but if you are in the uk if you are not afraid to order from amazon uk and you have a way to play it uh august 16th is what you should be looking for for that um now i'll be honest i have i've enjoyed most of the animated recreations that they've done there have been a few that have looked kind of mm, a little herky-jerky in the animation uh style fair and um this one is completely different 
to the ones we've seen before this almost looks a little bit more like it belongs in a like a i don't know like a cut scene from like a video game in the early 2000s yeah these yeah the builds are very strange yeah and i'm 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 very curious at like just okay why was this style chosen for this one in particular um but the interesting thing is they're not reanimating all six episodes. They've got the five surviving episodes and the one that is missing, they're animating. Hmm. So that will also be kind of interesting because you'll watch our regular characters as we're used to seeing them. And then you get to episode three and and it'll be like a cut scene from, well, anyway. <laughs> yeah, what's strange is like looking at the clip, it, it reminds me of the um, the animation for Dreamland, the 10th yes. Doctor oh, animation. It does a little bit yeah we did dreamland not too long ago oh wow yeah um and i will i will agree with that it does look a little bit like that yeah the rigging looks very similar it's strange mm-hmm. what if it's the yeah. same bunch of folks oh maybe i don't know i don't that's know. very possible <laughs> sadly i don't have john's soundboard here to just throw in um, some wacky you just copy all these michaelisms and have them for free I next know. week Excellent. Well, we appreciate that. TM, um, TM, And TM. last... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we have sad news uh, next. Oh, no. I know. I'm sorry. This just dropped today, but Christopher Call, uh, who played Phipps in The Seeds of Death, which we did recently, and Stubbs in The Mutants, which we haven't done at all, he has passed at the age of 83. Uh, it's always a shame. We're losing too many of them. We are indeed. Definitely. Um, you know, it's. I guess it's been a little while since we've 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 had to report on any of that news, but it does indeed happen. Um, and yeah, rest in peace. Yeah. Um, well, this time around... Uh, Michael and I have both listened to Ravagers from Big Finish. That's right. It's time for the main show. This one starring Christopher. Christopher. Oh, boy. Uh, did I tell you it was 107 degrees here today? Yeah. yeah. It's only 95 here. It's not, it's not that. Oh, it's, a, good. it's brisk. It's, it's, yeah. It's downright balmy. <laughs> I think we've, we've managed to get down to uh, 93. Oh, look at that. It's, it's almost frigid. It's a good number. Oh, boy. Anyway, yes, it is. It is indeed a good number. At least it didn't get to 112 today, right? Oof. Oh. Uh, yeah. Not good. Yeah. No. That is not the number we are looking for. Anyway, it's starring Christopher Eccleston as the Doctor. Camilla be put as Nova. Dan Starkey as Marcus Aurelius Gallius. And Jane McKenna as Audrey. It was both written and directed by Nick Briggs. We may discuss the benefits or detriments of that later. We might. And it was uh, it was first released on May 13th, 2021. It is the first volume of the Ninth Doctor Adventures. Um, and we have just a small handful of story notes, thanks to the fine folks over at TARDIS Wikia. Um, so obviously this is the first release of the Ninth Doctor Adventures. Uh, this is Christopher Eccleston coming back. And let's be honest, um, he has said that uh, it was at least in part uh, his reception by fans at Gallifrey 1 2019 that played a part in his willingness to return to the role of the Ninth Doctor for Big Finish. And I am just happy to say that I was part of the crowd who got to sing happy birthday to him on his birthday and no regrets. Yeah, me too. Uh, So Taylor and I are uh, accepting uh, thank yous from the entire Doctor Who fandom. Um, Welcome. Just thank us. You're welcome. Uh, he also said it was about the money, but you know, <laughs> come on. Yeah, yeah, we did it. You know what? When you're at, <laughs> yeah, we did. 
it was it was we were so on key singing happy birthday he was like well how could i not if it will quiet these <laughs> americans i must return <laughs> oh man look to to his credit i mean i mean you can't complain this this guy stuck around to make sure that everybody who wanted to get an autograph got an autograph oh he's lovely it, it, it can't be said nearly enough um yeah it uh it was a real mutual love affair that con i have to say it was and it, it seemed was that way, you know? it if and it felt like a hundred million years ago at this point <laughs> like i am so ready yeah. to see you and everyone else at gallifrey one next year god i have to order ribbons oh no i know i've been thinking about that too um it's okay we'll keep we'll keep ribbons galore in business right uh anyway not surprisingly this box set was recorded remotely during 2020 and sounds pretty okay you don't hear any dishwashers going off in the background on big finish like you get here on podcastica yeah no i i if this were big finish i would turn off my fan but again it's it's too hot and you don't pay me yeah no i don't <laughs> sorry i will pay you in great things Ooh. um you know or 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 you know a drink at uh, at cali next year hey that costs money i'll take it okay there you go Oh, man. Mike, uh, let me get through a world-famous synopsis, as John likes to call them. I don't know. I haven't asked the entire world, but we're just going to pretend and say it is. Anyway, the Doctor finds himself jumping around space and time, trying desperately to halt a bombardment of time eddies from effectively jumbling up people's placement in time. Uh, think Romans in the 1950s England. Think 1950s England on the set of like a real-life BattleBots. That kind of thing. With the help of a chef named Nova and a very well-structured script, we can debate that later, we get our first taste of new Ninth Doctor adventures. Can the Doctor follow all the threads before the universe and reality themselves unravel? Well, grab your headphones and your big finish app and let's jump in. <laughs> so, Mike, let's let's start with just high-level, overarching, overall feelings. What did you think of Ravagers? Oh, boy. Um... <laughs> First off, uh, I think everybody did great work in the uh, in the circumstances uh, under the circumstances. Um, I, I just I don't know. I, I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. I um, mm-hmm. I think this box set has like is like a little collection of all of my complaints about Big Finish in one box set. Honestly, which is a shame. I I I can't stress it enough. I really wanted to love this, um, mm-hmm. not just for the the Eccleston of it all, but. Um, the chance to see Big Finish tackle a whole new era of Doctor Who that they've they've never really touched on, and um, I guess we'll get into it in more detail later. But I'm still waiting, which sucks. I don't know. Okay. I just I don't. I felt really. Um, this felt like more of the same with with a new actor. It honestly at points even felt like like offcuts from like a Doom Coalition to me. There's there's stuff in here that I just. I don't know. There's so much of an opportunity to sort of define what a Ninth Doctor era feels like. And instead, it's just like the Doctor chases some Time Lord technology that's fallen into the wrong hands. Okay. Mm. You release like, <laughs> they really, like Big Finish releases like 24 hours of that a year minimum. Like, I don't know if we needed three more um, between the Time War box sets and now the War Doctor box sets. And, you know, like... The Eighth Doctor's always chasing after some Time Lord gizmo that has fallen to the wrong hands, usually a Time Lord's. Um, and then by the end of the story, you know, I, I don't want to go... I guess we're into the spoiler section, so the hell with it. Yeah, but like, it's fine. The box set didn't happen. Like, by the end of the box set, the characters are talking about how the events of the box set didn't happen. Again! 
And I wish I didn't have to say like again at the end of that, but like I have listened through so many hours of Big Finish that in canon, quote unquote unquote, because canon doesn't matter. I know that. But like within the texture of the story I just listened to, they say, eh, nobody remembers and it doesn't matter. Bye. It's like, oh God, I paid for this, man. Like, come on. (laughs) Like I paid you in money and you're telling me that like, doesn't matter. Who cares? Bye. See you next box. <laughs> like, I, did, I don't know. I, I I really wanted to enjoy it. And I want to like, I want it to be good, but I can't will it to be so, unfortunately. Right, right, right. No, that, that's honestly, that's that's all fair points. Um, I personally haven't listened to Doom Coalition. Um, mm. um, I know I've, I've I've had somebody else, somebody other than you talking about it recently. So I'm like, okay, maybe I've, maybe I've got to check this one out in particular. Um, but I, I totally get where you're coming from. I think I think for me, um, like I was I was glad to have Nine back for more adventures. Like I was really excited for this. Um, but I won't lie, the first time through, there were definitely places where I felt lost. Mm. Um, and I don't, because the story does jump forward and backward in time, we get like flashbacks and we get, obviously the time eddies are throwing you in a bunch of different places and without any visual, um, without any visual clues to go, oh, we've changed the scene. You know, yeah. if I'm not paying really close attention, cause a lot of times I'll listen while I'm working. Um, so obviously I've got such just some natural distractions, um, while I'm listening and maybe that's my own fault for that. Um, but it was one of those things where I got to the end of it and I was like, okay, wait a second. How, how did we get here again? Like, and I was like, okay, maybe I, maybe I should just be like listening to the behind the scenes stuff first because they kind of explain some of the stuff and you kind of get a feeling for, oh, this is this character's voice. This is this character's voice. The doctor, obviously we know. Mm. Um, And I don't, I mean, I don't know if it was something intentional in the writing or if it's just, you know, my own listening habits, but there is something about it where it's like, well, shoot, now I got to listen to it a second time because it's kind of like when you read a book for school, like it's, it's, you're reading it to like you remember this from high school right you're Mm. reading it to just be like okay i've gotten through the assignment now what the heck did i just read and you kind of have to go back and reread it and go oh okay this i see how these things fit together better right um and that that's kind of what i had to do i mean i listened to it the first time through and i felt kind of lost at times and i felt a little less lost the second time but there were still times where i was like oh wait you know yeah i'm confused and i think and i i did i i I saw it in your notes it's like why don't we just have the story in order yeah it felt Um, like and honestly i kind of agree yeah i mean the the, my the my first like the way i would describe this story is the way i would describe like this box set is gonna sound really mean and i i really don't mean it to but it feels like a 12 year old telling a story like it just Pings and zangs between all these different things. Honestly, by the end of the first hour, um, I got like resentful of the flashback noise. They have this like, like noise every single time they go back and forth in time frames. And I'm like, Nick, you could have just put this in order. Like you didn't have to like have the sound design of a Pertwee era serial drilling my ears out. Like <laughs> instead you could have just like, written an outline like a grown-up i i i mean i i I know i'm being like really dismissive and this but it just feels like this was your like i don't know this should have been 
these opinions are spilling out of me. I apologize. But this should that, have been no, like no, a very accessible box set. This should have been maybe the most accessible box set Big Finish put out this year, right? Like it's the first volume of like the first Doctor of the, the quote unquote modern era. And if you look mm-hmm. at his era in particular, like the Eccleston era, even in definition against like the Tenant era is... I think every Eccleston episode has these really strong POV characters. Sometimes it's just Rose and Rose. Sometimes it's the Doctor. Sometimes it's Toshika Sato in in her scenes in, you know, uh, uh, World War Three and and um, the other one with the, the the other one with the farters, whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but this like this story just doesn't have that. There's no. Um, I'm not following anyone's narrative, and as a result. The time travel story is even more confusing. Like, even if mm-hmm. everything was out of order, but we followed it linearly through the doctor's point of view, it would be a better story. If we followed it, if we followed it linearly through Nova's point of view, it would be a better story. If, even if we follow it linearly through Audrey's point of view, it would be a better story. But instead, we get none of that. It's just, it's like he did cut-ups. Um, and I, I don't, I can't tell you why. Um, and I didn't, I didn't listen to the behind the scenes because, frankly, the story should stand on their own. Um, Fair. And they don't. They they don't. I don't know. And then again, like, by the end of the box set, I spent all that mental effort trying to sort all this stuff out to be told by the Ninth Doctor, like, none of it happened. Don't worry about it. We're going to have totally different adventures next week. It's like, I... Come on! Like, I... It's so... It's mean. I don't have any other way to, like... It's... It's... I even have it. I put it in my notes too, but it's like by the end of the the box set, the whole big reveal you get to is like, it took us three hours to get to like Twitch streamers are bad. Like by the <laughs> end of this thing, it. it's like we have to, we're going to make the, they, they just want to watch people fail at games. And so we'll show them an endless stream of people failing at games. And I'm like, so they're just like epic bacon robots. Like that's it. They're like, like this whole, your first, like, your first access to the ninth doctor, your first story telling like adventures of the ninth doctor after like 20 years, like, you know, like 10 plus years of not having anything of this guy is like, right. One guy being mad about Twitter. Get out of here. <laughs> I, I get, it's, it's worse than when like Whitaker's doctor told the Amazon people to give him two weeks off. Like I just, I like got mad at it, man. Right. Um, yeah. I, I agree with that. And yeah, there's sure. just like nothing. I I just was repeatedly frustrated by the complete lack of originality in this box set. I wish I wish I didn't feel that way. But like Nova is just Izzy Sinclair who could cook, right? Like Audrey is like file off the serial numbers. We couldn't do the master. Like it just it isn't like there's nothing. <laughs> there's just nothing new. It, there's even a point I, I I I noticed towards the end of the box set where they literally use like an eighth Doctor music cue. And it's just like, oh, wow. Wow. I, I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. <laughs> okay. okay. I, it's really, um, yeah, I, I wish I would, could come on here and be like, I love this thing. I think it's fantastic. Not only cause like, I'd love to like write for Big Finish someday and I'm pretty sure I'm blowing it right now. <laughs> but like, well, I, I, I can't guarantee they listen to us. I don't know, but uh, you're I, probably safe. I don't want to say I hope not because I, I think you're a lovely guy and I think you have a wonderful show. So I, I don't know. Well, thank you. I hope I suffer as a result of you succeeding. No, I don't want that either. But anyway, uh, no, no, no I, I, again, like I, I just, I want to, I've gone out there and I said, big finish. You need to be, have, you know, Ben and Michael writing for you. So uh, let's be honest. Wouldn't it know? be nice? Um, I wouldn't say no. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I just, the issues I have with the box that are like big finish issues, which is, mm-hmm. uh, 
I understand the fear about like you want to keep this internally, you want to keep it with like you know the top guys who are writing the stories, but I don't know. Big Finish just spent the last like two years getting in all this fresh new talent, and they mm-hmm. just aren't letting them do cool new stuff. They're like stuck off in the spinoff box sets, um, and I I think that should be the the opposite you know when they announced like patrick ness for class and chris chibnall for doctor who i was like oh i wish they would flop those because like chris chibnall is a known quantity and with patrick ness at least we get something new but didn't listen Mm -hmm. to me on that one either i guess i don't know the the bbc doesn't really take a lot of advice from americans on their flagship program right Um, right I, if, if, if the folks at home haven't read it by the way i regularly share the joe hill rejection with the game of rassilon chat group we we laugh at that thing all the time it's one of the greatest pieces of writing i've ever read maybe the greatest rejection in the history of the world um, i get a feeling i, I think i've seen this it, it, the, 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 the big pull quote from it is um uh we would we would never ask an american to write doctor who and if we did we certainly wouldn't start with you which is just like holy ho- am i allowed to swear on here um let's okay a little piece no um holy crap um, they shot that man in the heart. <laughs> they shot that man in the heart with a sentence. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty harsh. Um, so, well, let, let me ask you this: Is with say uh, Eccleston's performance, did did it sound like the Ninth Doctor? Did did, yeah. did did he seem on point? Did he seem informed? Yeah, there's, even if the story itself was jumbled all over the place. There's a few moments where it sounds like he's screaming in a closet and trying not to be too loud. Um, <laughs> but but that's the thing. It's like. It, 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 he's literally in a closet, like doing that. Like I can't default him, you know. Um, right, right. So under the circumstances, I think everybody did a great job. I, um, you know, I my like irrational nerd part of my brain is like, well, why didn't they just wait a year so they could do it properly? And it's like, well, if they waited a year, they wouldn't get Christopher Eccleston. So shut up inside of your brain, Michael. Like it's not useful. Um, yeah, I get it. You know, but but um, yeah, I. I the the um, circumstances of the recording, I don't think, had too much of a detriment on the performances, and and I think the box set it like simultaneously annoyed me, but also really worked on me that they built up to the fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's such a great, it's a great moment. Like even if yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, ugh, but I'm also smiling ear to ear. Like they got me, <laughs> they fully got me with it. Um, right, and it is great. Like. I don't know, like, his doctor is different. He's this more combative guy, but mm-hmm. also at the end when he has that conversation with Nova about, like, you're such a nerd, like, it's a yes. side of him we haven't, excuse me, it's a, it's a side of him we haven't necessarily heard. Like, we, he, he kind of playfully jibes and things like that, but usually it's, like, stupid apes, and not so much, right. like, you great big nerd, which was exactly a different kind. It's, it's, it's nice to hear a new version of that kind of abrasiveness. That f- that friendly yeah. abrasiveness that the Ninth Doctor has. Um, yeah, I totally agree. That was um, I don't know. That w- I found that pretty funny. Um, I I know in the uh, like leading up to the uh, the cold open and the, the second story Cataclysm, um, it was um, uh, pretty sure it was Nova running and shouting at the Doctor like you know you better come and pick me up and it just something just about just how that whole sequence sounded. Um, you know, I, I got flashbacks of just kind of some of the, uh, Russell T Davies era, um, you know, the doctor and Rose trying to like 
coordinate themselves so they you know he's able to pick her up and off they go into a story so there there were parts of it i i really kind of felt like like if i just closed my eyes and tuned everything out it, it still kind of felt in ninth doctory yeah. it didn't it didn't stray too far and for better or for worse you know because when you've got stuff like big finish you you do have without a doubt this ability to really kind of push the envelope and really try new things and um I mean, I agree with you. I, I think I think they really could have just hit the ground with just this massive epic story and and really pushed new directions and stuff. And and in, we didn't quite get that uh, with this, which is probably just you know my much maybe more polite way of <laughs> rehashing what you said. But I I, I do agree. Um, oh God, I was rude. I, no, no, oh, no, 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 no. You're fine. <laughs> You're fine. Um, no, this is honestly, Michael, this is great to have you on because oftentimes, you know, John and I are very similarly paged, you know, with, with what we like and what we don't like. So it's, it's, it's great to have. This is why we've wanted to get more people we know on because we have more differing opinions uh, with this stuff. So this is great. Now, I'm an extreme doctor for troublemaker, so I'm here to help. Sorry, sorry. What's that's your one a, thing? That's okay. No, no, no. Um, there is a point and i actually went and double checked where it was um and it's right almost about the 36 and a half minute mark uh in uh the second story in, in cataclysm and the doctor uh, is and it might have been the doctor in nova I, I can't remember right at this moment but they are talking to this guard and this guard has this kind of it's almost kind of like this slightly forced kind of gruff voice yes <laughs> I hear you laughing. You know where I'm going yeah. with this. And I just went, okay, I could totally hear Ben Patton playing this guard. Yeah. Because he kind of does this kind of gruff, this kind of forced gruff voice. And I just, that's all I could picture. That's yeah. all I could picture at this point. Ben, I, ben playing, playing this guard. It was really funny. We just, um, Serial 3-5, Ben used that voice for a random character. And they, like... They used it, and then everybody in the group just like we all had to take a second just to be like, "Oh my god!" It ends up being a whole thing of like, "You've gone back to this voice if you talk." Like Dan did a bit of like, "I keep running into people with this accent across the universe." <laughs> it was really funny. So when that bit happened in the um in the box set, I had to pause and I just went into a riff, like in my oh, apartment, nice. walked around and I'm like, "Oh, well, gotta stop you from getting into the room." Like I I went into it myself because like they do. It, ben does it so often <laughs> it's so funny yeah um yeah yeah but yeah our version of dr who has a lot of um there's a lot of people from like wales croydon pennsylvania uh, <laughs> there's a lot of those <laughs> folks in the game of Rassilon. uh that last Look, one's mostly I, my fault <laughs> <laughs> i'll be totally honest with you when i a few months ago ran my first attempt at a DD campaign with my two kids right i had never like really done anything like that before and one you guys have all been awesome because i've come to you with questions and been like how should i do this how should i do that mm. um but there was a point where they're nine so you know i was kind of simplifying things a little bit because otherwise i was going to spend all day jumping between like three different books trying to figure out what to do um but yeah there was a point where i had them come across like i don't know they were they were they were two guards in this uh, uh, cave system 
And I literally patterned them off of characters I've heard you guys do <laughs> in Game of Rassilon. And and they were they were goofy and they were British and they kind of talked back to each other and you know, it, it kinda of like kinda of like the two guards in front of that prince's room in uh Monty Python on the Holy Grail. Oh yeah. Yeah, that tends I, to be yeah, that's the dynamic, absolutely. I think Ben yeah, and I have accidentally exactly. cribbed that exact dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> we stay here until you say so. That's right. Um, so look, it's you're right. I think I think that that voice, that mannerism, is a is a fixed point across the universe. It just happens ever. There's a um, there's an amazing big finish uh, called The Widow's Assassin. Um, that, okay. that literally has two characters called Guard One and Guard Two, um, oh and they're brothers. Uh, and it is—it's some of the funniest slapstick. Well, I mean, audio slapstick. I, I don't know what that means, but it's some of the funniest stuff um, I've heard in a big finish. It's really uh, funny. Um, I'll have to look for that one. Yeah, John Banks does Guard Two, and it's like the, <laughs> they have these like because at one point like Guard One is—I think Guard One dies, so Guard Two is like, does that make me Guard One now? And it's like all oh, this like. Their dad like actually named them Guard One and Guard Two because he wanted them to grow up to be guards. Like, there's so much funny stuff in there. Um, it's oh, it's really fun. Love it, love it. Um, you know, in um, in the last story in Food Fight, you know, we're talking about like kind of cultural touchstones here, Monty Python, Holy Grail, stuff like that. I feel like um, because the Doctor is trying to get all these people who have been tossed through history kind of back to their appropriate times. And there's this point, I think, where the doctor, I think, has stepped out of the TARDIS and is uh, talking to Audrey. And then, like, all these historical figures kind of, like, come out and are like, hey, where are we? And so he starts introducing Audrey to everyone. And I feel like this is completely like this. This is like Doctor Who's Bill and Ted moment. <laughs> yes. It's kind of like, okay, so this is this is Socrates. Socrates, say hi. Um, but in a northern accent, you know. Yeah, the big crowded TARDIS was very fun. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was probably one of the good things I took away from that one. But, but if I remember right, um, cause it has been a couple of weeks since I've given this a full listen from end to end, the actual voice of, we'll just call it the Ravager kind of sounds like a little child. Yeah. It's it? like a little girl. If I remember right. Well, kid, that is, that I feel like that is such a trope. What is it? Yeah. With, here's, here's this, you know, they're, they're devouring the universe basically, and you sound like a little child. Which, yeah, it goes to my whole, um, my disappointment about the monster of the story. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like she's whining about kids on Twitch. It's like, uh, this is, <laughs> you got Chris Eccleston out of retirement to whine about Twitch streamers? It's like, dude. And the, I, again, like, I threw it, I, I, just to be like, I, I, God, I don't mean to be this mean. It's just happening. Um, but like, <laughs> I've, I've watched longer Twitch streams that were more satisfying. Like, I wasn't going to say that mm -hmm. out loud, but hell with it, I will. But like, I, I just, yeah, man, it didn't feel, um, I wish there was like a second draft. <laughs> God, just cut that out. Cut that all out. Oof. It, yeah, I, I, I get it. I totally get it. And I, I, I see this. I think, I think part of, part of me listening to it was like, oh my God, I'm just so excited to have Chris back, mm. you know? And, and I think kind of like first time through plus distractions from just life, you know, you don't really catch all the nuance and go, Oh yeah. You know, hmm. that actually could have been done better. You know, obviously I, I got confused by the order of this. It's it, I, I kind of, it kind of 
looked at the doctor and audrey kind of like you know time out of sync kind of like river song but river song is much cooler um but yeah, but yeah this, this <laughs> yes. out of orderness you know this out of orderness definitely you know throws the whole story off if i i don't know if i was a single person with with absolutely nothing to do for a few days i might sit down and recut this so it was all in um uh, but i'm not so don't expect that to happen folks um it just to see just to yeah. see how it would play um do you think do you think it is a problem in this situation to have the same writer and director? Do you think it would have been different if we had had Nick Briggs doing one of the roles, not both? What's tricky is I don't know the behind the scenes because Matt Fitton is listed as a script editor. So I don't know oh, okay. how much collaborative work was done there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I do wish the thing is Ravagers is like it is one story. So I understand yes. them having one person write it. But mm-hmm. my issue is not so much with Ravagers as it is like this entire endeavor. <laughs> it's not like oh, like like it it should be like a box set of three episodic stories that are like easier listening for newer fans. That would mm-hmm. have been my pitch. I can see that. This box yeah. set is so keenly aimed at Big Finish's pre-existing customer base. I don't, mm. I don't think there's anything in this release other than Chris Eccleston that brings in new people. And I think that is a, like a catastrophic flaw of the project. I, again, I, I want, I want to love you so badly, Ravagers, but <laughs> like I, I, I can't. It's like a one-sided relationship, you know? You were supposed yeah. to be the chosen one. Like it, it didn't happen, you know? <laughs> Well, I guess that begs the question, Are will you be giving uh, the second volume that comes out in August, will you be giving that a try? Um, if I'm on a podcast, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, no, I don't. Um, no, unless I hear uh, significantly good stuff mm-hmm. in the reviews or the word of mouth, I don't think it's a line I'm going to pursue. The, um, okay. the plus and minus uh, of Big Finish's new like post-monthly range model is I can be a lot choosier with what i'm getting so right i am yeah and strangely enough like the doctor of theirs i buy the most is david warner in the benny summerfield box sets like that's some of the most that's to me that's some of the most exciting stuff they're doing because it's usually all new writers you know Mm -hmm. it's usually like majority new writers on a lot of those sets like the the most recent set was like all new people and they all had like really cool new ideas and david warner being an unbound doctor who escaped into the the proper who universe you can do all kinds of different stuff with him so it's it's fun and plus you know i'm me i love the idea of a burnout doctor just like a doctor who's just like totally roasted um (laughs) and it's basically just like benny's valet it's it's a really funny dynamic um wow so like i'm gonna have to check some of those out i've got a couple benny titles but i don't think i've got any oh yeah the the new adventures of bernice summerfield i think Volume three is where okay. they switch from McCoy being the doctor to Warner being the doctor. And okay. they're great. I love them. Like they're, they're, they're the only ones, they're the only box sets that are really like appointment, appointment viewing or appointment listening, quote unquote, unquote, right. uh, for me. Yeah. Cause I, the dynamic is just killer. Like Lisa Bowerman nice. is kind of oh, she's great. my zone. She's great. She's incredible. She did the, yeah. um, yeah, she did the audiobook of human nature, uh, which will be relevant to Game of Wrestling listeners shortly. Uh, um, ha, 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 ha. Uh, but uh, incredible read. Um, not just 
not just to hear like Benny read Benny, but Lisa Bowerman's Sylvester McCoy is not like her doing a Sylvester McCoy impression, but like her doctor voice is so fun. It's a, it's a great audiobook. Can't recommend it enough. Nice, and I love I love Human Nature. That's a, that's one of the few Virgin novels that I've gone back to uh, uh, pick up uh, after after not having them anymore. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, it's um the book is so different from the TV episodes mm-hmm. in ways like you know you hear all the time, but when you actually like go back, it's it's incredible. Like it's a whole different um there's there's that bit where they they the Doctor well John Smith and um and uh, tim dean they go to like the dark future and like you just they wouldn't do that on doctor who like it's like no they do like the oh if you don't change right now i will show you how things are gonna go and they like go to gallifrey and it's on fire like it's it's an incredible sequence um yeah and it's like unremittingly dark it's just stuff that it's like territory only the novels are really covering um and i think that's it's kind of a good thing like i don't want the family show to have like time lords getting their heads cut off or whatever but you know um Right. For like a grown up, I mean, the books were always intended for like the the grown up audience. Um, yes. So it being like it just it has this like great, just really sumptuous emotional texture to it that is like it it doesn't exist in the show for various reasons. Yeah, the, the a lot of those novels. I mean, I I remember picking them up brand new, you know, in my in my mid to late teens, um, and I for a long time had oh probably at least a good three quarters of the entire run yeah that was me with the the bbc books which are mm, not mm-hmm. as good um no but if you want to read about <laughs> read the a couple of oh them. man wow i yeah i think like alien bodies is good and and a list no not really there's some there's some really good stuff in there but like the all the like blowing up gallifrey and the doctor running from like the evil doctor who's missing an arm and it's called grandfather paradox is like oh my god get get stuffed <laughs> all the faction paradox stuff is just like it's so 90s i can't stand it yeah i know a lot of people who think it's like very cool but for me it's just like it's like goth doctor who like get out of here <laughs> doctor who is goth <laughs> enough watch season 14 like come on oh watch my the Hinchcliffe area it's goth as hell yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't need bat masks come on no oh my gosh oh michael um, you know, I don't even know really, like normally we, we look at what we watch or what we listen to in terms of the Duggan scale, because Duggan is our patron saint. Uh, City of Death was the very first classic Doctor Who story that we reviewed, and we loved that character so much. Incredible serial. I love it. Oh my gosh. That, uh, you know, Duggan kind of became like the patron saint of our podcast. Um, and, but there really wasn't much in the way of fisticuffs. In terms of this story, so huh. I don't know that we can really, um, yeah, you know, really make a comment. On I can't it. really remember anybody throwing a punch now that I think about it. Yeah, maybe I, that's I a plus. I don't know. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Um, but the other thing we do is what we call the behind the couch scale, and you know, with two younger kids, you know, I'm always looking at stories in terms of okay, would this give them nightmares? Uh, you know, would they uh, freak out and never want to watch Doctor Who again, um, or could they handle it? And um, I honestly, with an audio story, it it's 
there's no visual aspect. So I'm like, okay, how do I, how do I come at this? <laughs> if you want to parent anything, a child who makes infographics for a living, have them listen to this. <laughs> 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 this is like the perfect audio for a kid who's going to grow up to make little, uh, uh, like little graphic explainers of how the primer timeline works. There you go. There you go. I personally, I, I mean, I didn't think it was particularly scary. No. Um, no. The, the the trick is, you know, getting your kid to sit for three hours to listen. Yeah. I, I think you'd have more trouble having them follow along than yes. having them be scared necessarily. Yeah. Um, yeah. And honestly, maybe even the element of like the Ravagers eliminating the like cognitive particles and stuff like that might be you might need to explain that because um, mm-hmm. I don't know how out of sci-fi terminology they make it. They, they, uh, I think Nova explains it once or twice, but it takes a little while for her to be like, oh, they're going to wipe my personality, right? Um, right. So I I would be more concerned with the confusion factor than the scare factor, but maybe, I just, maybe I'm just not giving your kid enough credit. I could be totally wrong. <laughs> um, you know, I, the possibilities out there. Kids are smart. No, kids... Uh, Hand a three-year-old an iPhone and you will never feel dumber in your entire life. <laughs> oh my god that the truth it's incredible ain't that the truth look i've got kids who love you know gravity falls and the owl house and amphibia and stuff like that so i mean there's some weirdness that they definitely get into but i, I again i think i think some of this you know it, it's it's so chopped up with the back and forth mm. it's it's not something that i would necessarily recommend maybe for younger kids yeah i'd you rather know, you know older, old, if i was gonna uh have my kid have my kid good look i was going to expose my kid to no no that's not good either um if i was going to show my kid uh christopher eccleston i would i would just we'd watch season one together right like exactly it's it's, yeah i um yeah i I don't know if uh i certainly wouldn't start here uh and i don't know if i would necessarily follow from season one here either um unfortunately well no because then then you get in this whole thing of like well technically what you're about to listen to came like way before oh good lord yeah there's all that too but i think you know i will say i think um the younger generations are probably by dint of like everything else they're watching they're probably a little more familiar with like prequel sequel interquel all that kind of stuff so explaining that to them is probably less hard but um i just mean like i don't know if this would necessarily be the follow-up adventure i think there are there are even like novels I would probably, if my kid was like, I, I, I have to have more of this ninth doctor guy. Like mm-hmm. I would go to the, I would go to some of the novels first, even. I mean, even there's I, the, I um, think that's a good idea. There's a really lovely short story that was part of that. Um, it was like 11 doctors, 11 short stories from Penguin forever ago. Uh, and the ninth oh, doctor, one of those was lovely. That. It was all, it was set, was it? um, it was set, I believe pre rose and it's like everything goes wrong and it's like, the doctor like trying to be the doctor and it goes wrong and that's always like that kind of encapsulates like my vision of the ninth doctor is like he's the doctor who tries to be the doctor again um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know after kind of giving it all up he's like no i right. i am this person i have to i have to do this especially now that i think i've blown up my own planet and my worst enemy like i am the thing i'm the fulcrum point you know yeah um yeah the and honestly that's like a thing that i think was really lacking from this box set is like the doctor doesn't talk about being the last of the Time Lords. He doesn't talk about. He doesn't have the um, the the possibly justified self importance of the Ninth Doctor that turns into like the the deadly narcissism of the Tenth Doctor. Um, mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. the the whole Time Lord victorious thing. Like I, there there yeah. was an element of nine that I it wasn't there. But I I don't know how much of that is like 
I don't, I, I don't know how much they can like really do with the ninth doctor in terms of, maybe they, I, I don't know. Maybe there's an edict from above. That's like, you're not allowed to make it feel like series one, which would be nuts. But I, I don't know. I, I've worked from movie studios. They've, they've recommended weirder things in the past. Um, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. No, anything's possible like that. But I, yeah, I, I just, uh, not to, not to beat a dead uh, Dalek mutant or uh, whatever, but um, yeah, I just wish it was like, I don't know, I wish it was breezier, man. I wish it was breezier. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a good point. I think that's a good point. Um, you know, I, I certainly will look closely at the volume two box set mm-hmm. before I just to die, decide to dive into it. It might be one of those things where it's not like I get it very first thing mm-hmm. when it drops and then maybe get some more feedback from other other listeners before I go okay yeah I'll give that a try but I I, I totally um, I totally get where you're coming from <clears throat> on all of that and uh, Mike I also uh, we asked you to pick the next episode that we review here on podcastica and uh, you made a very uh, exciting uh, choice why don't you tell us a little bit about it oh I'm so glad you're excited because I really I really really love this one uh, I suggested the rescue uh, which is a two-parter from the William Hartnell era um, and as I mentioned uh, you know first of all you're welcome for it being a two-parter uh, but <laughs> also I, it's it's the um it's the serial from after the Doctor leaves Susan behind, um, uh, Dalek Invasion of Earth. Uh, ah, right, right. And okay. Dr. Elizabeth Sandifer, she talks about in her work, the TARDIS Rudatorum, how like the rescue really feels like the story where the Doctor becomes the Doctor. Um, and watching it, I, I can't agree enough. It feels like the story where, you know, before that, he was this, this grandfather protecting his grandchild. He was a... Uh, a human inventor possibly from the future. There's all that stuff lingering from the original idea of what Dr. Who was, but in the Mm. rescue, he becomes the doctor. Like it's the moment where the show Vicky is really the element, like pulling out the the problem of the doctor having a granddaughter and, Mm. and adding in Vicky as the sort of replacement in character, but she's such a different kind of character too. It brings out a whole other side of Hartnell. And, and I think it's where he becomes like, the first doctor that we think of, you know, nice. Um, that's awesome. And it's also written by David Whitaker. Who's like a champ. Um, yeah. And the monster, very familiar. the reveal on the monster is still one of my favorites. I wish modern doctor Ooh. who had the guts to pull the same thing and they have yet to. Okay. Um, okay. I love the reveal at the end. So I hope you enjoy it. I'm, I'm very excited. Also, at what point he adjuster said, he adjuster calls the bad guy old cocky liquor. So just, it's got everything, man. It's got all of it. Well, you may have just picked the alternate title for our next episode. <laughs> where we, we might be set. Um, no, this is great because I, I've never seen this particular story. Um, so I'm going to be coming to this completely fresh, uh, brand new eyes on it. I'm excited. Uh, John, I can't speak for him. I mean, maybe he's watched this one. Maybe he has it. I don't know. Um, but that will be fun. And that that will be in a little less than two weeks since we are in the middle of the week now. Um, dude, this is thank you for your insights on this. Thank you for coming on and, and talking about this. Thank you for investing three hours of your life that you're, I'm sorry, not going to get back. I know they're yours now. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. It's only fair. I feel like I've uh, stolen so many hours from so many other people. It, it's only right. <laughs> you know, it's it's all just hour trading until yeah. 
I don't know, something happens. <laughs> well, the sands um, of time run their course. There you go. There you go. Absolutely. Um, the floor is yours, sir. If okay. there's anything you want to plug, uh, if there's uh, places where, where folks can find you, uh, where they can pick your brain about maybe Benny Summerfield titles instead of Ninth Doctor titles, I don't know. Where can folks find you? Oh, please. Uh, I'm at Michael Nixon on the various socials media. Uh, you can also find the Game of Rassilon at Rassilon Pod uh, on, again, the various socials and as well as our Patreon. Uh, we're Rassilon Pod there too. And you can find us at the, just search the Game of Rassilon on podcast uh in in your fine favorite podcasting app of choice for um two and a half seasons of fresh fun doctor who adventures using the the cubicle seven doctor who rpg system uh we have an amazing doctor in riley silverman incredible companions absolutely in, uh, dan peck and uh cho kate lay um and a, an amazing game master in the in the wonderful ben Patton. uh and i'm just the the mad engineer trying to hold it together uh, and and I, I feel like I don't give him nearly enough credit. Uh, our incredible editor David King, who handles the the main feed releases, he's he's been knocking out of the park, um, especially since we had to switch to multi track with all the you know recording remotely stuff. I used to give him like yeah, one right. track and be like, "Here, go!" And he was like, "Oh, great!" And now he's got like we had a guest on a serial or two back, and it was like, "Here are five tracks per part. Have fun!" <laughs> it's like, "Oh no, oh, boy. oh man!" Like, but he's been an absolute champ. Um, uh, uh, it's a pleasure to work with him, David King. Great guy. Um, awesome, yeah. awesome. I've rambled enough. Fantastic. Thank you very much for the. Uh, for the I promise, in real life, I'm usually like a lot nicer. But like, I don't know. I grew up. I went to college doing the constructive criticism thing, right? So it's like, I, I don't know how to turn it off. Um, so again, like, Mr. Briggs, I think you're a great guy. I think you do great work. It's not personal, man. It's it's just Doctor Who. Yeah. No, I totally get it. I mean, uh, there have been plenty of times where I've watched Doctor Who and I'm just like, am I am I letting my critical eye, mm. you know, do too much work here <laughs> because I'm on a podcast that reviews Doctor Who? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Um, so I, I will fully admit, like, if if you want, here's here's just a couple of reasons why you shouldn't trust any of my opinions about Doctor Who. One, I don't like the Pertwee era at all. Two, I don't like David Tennant's Doctor. I don't like the Tenth Doctor at all. Uh, three. Um, what was my third one? Oh, the the faces in the brain of Morbius. Those are doctors, like textually in the text of the story. Uh, and I will argue with you about it. Um, <laughs> I've done it before, and I will do it again. So go. yeah, the Morbius boys, they're they're sweet boys and we should respect them. I'm not going to disagree with that because uh John and I absolutely we cackled at that entire story. That was that one was so bonkers. It's oh man, Brain and Morbius rules. And not just yes. cuz Robert Holmes is like concocting this evil plan to write the last Doctor Who story. Just like behind the scenes like steepling his fingers like <laughs> I've set it all up <laughs> and they just rip it away from it. it's incredible it's like oh, oh i would love a whole book just about like robert holmes's mad quest to kill doctor who um it's it's, it's be incredible man there's yeah. just this cool subtextual thing happening towards the back half of all of his stuff where he's like i must kill the doctor <laughs> it's wild uh, okay you're trying to wrap up your show i'll stop now that's okay thank that's you everybody okay. that's okay it's robert holmes as the master um <laughs> hey that was one of the plans <laughs> not really right 
might have been in his head at one point you never know um anyway folks you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at the podcastica you can follow me on twitter at blue box ufo uh, please subscribe to us on itunes stitcher spotify again wherever you consume those sweet sweet podcasts just search podcastica look for me and john coming out of the tardis we're little cartoons and i have a question mark umbrella in my hand uh please rate and review us as well um and if you want to subscribe to us on soundcloud that way you get everything that the network releases at soundcloud.com slash the n-o-t-l-g um head on over to uh spreadshirt get yourself a shirt or uh, some stickers a button i think we've even got mugs um that is shop.spreadshirt.com slash n-o-t-l-g and again folks it's i mean california's open back up I'm not quite sure how I feel about that. There is still technically a pandemic going on. So, you know, support the people that you care about. Support your local businesses. Hex, go support the folks over at Game of Rassilon because they're doing amazing work. And if you want to throw some bones our way, I'm not going to tell you no. That's patreon.com slash N-O-T-L-G. Join us in just a little less than two weeks. Uh, John will be back from assignment. We're going to be watching The Rescue. And we will talk to you then. Good night. Bye. They have this like boing, like noise every single time they go back and forth in time frames.